Yeah, I'm going to start it now, okay? Okay. Good evening, everybody. It's Andrew Davis from Toon Talk Radio in association with Nova Radio. Well, it's all about Newcastle United tonight. We're going to delve into other subjects, but what a fantastic win. Newcastle, I think they surprised everybody, and especially the pundits, I would add, considering that they all had us down to lose. But it's been a very interesting team that was put out there. Rafa wasn't there. Rafa did a, a great thing during the week as well. We did a uh, for the for the food bank, which is we'll get to in a minute with Bill Cochran, our first guest this evening. So it's been a very good week, after, especially after the international break, and also we have a new chap, we have a champion in the in the Open Championship in the U.S. And obviously we've had Hurricane Irma hit uh, the U.S. of A., which I think I should go off quite lightly. But um, lots to talk about tonight with my. With my regular guest Neil Mitchell calling for die. Good evening, Neil. How are you? Good evening, Andrew. It didn't surprise me. I believe if you wind back to last week's show, you all enjoyed a bit of hilarity at my expense when I said I couldn't explain why I thought we were going to win, but we were going to win and we did. Yes, so there you exactly. Go. Yeah, didn't exactly. Surprise me at all. And what a performance, actually. Real. We grounded out. It was another one of those ones people were saying about possession. Well, you don't lose games on possession. Did, did, did we lose 68% whatever percent against Huddersfield last year and we didn't lose on possession this year it, it's Swansea it's all about what you do to get the result the captain's performance from themselves they had a lot of things to talk about in it and uh, in, a, in a difficult week, week with Rafa being away so no three very well earned and hard earned points and onward and upward for me yeah the, obviously the breaking news that uh, Mr Ronald De Boer has been given the boot <laughs> Quite after really with what's going on the weekend. Booker never had a chance, man. Do you think <laughs> think about it? He's replacing Allardyce, and, he, and he's coming in at the polar opposite kind of football that he wants to put in. So he's got to take that squad that's been playing under Allardyce and turn it to his way of playing. They've had a difficult pre-season, and then they've gone into the league. Bearing in mind, they're not even bottom. 
Everybody's going on about how they've lost all their games and they've not scored any goals, and they're still not bottom. They're still one team worse <laughs> off than them. Um, and, you know, even if, say, for example, at the weekend, did ground a result out, who would have got the credit? De Burr, or would it still have been the ghost of Allardyce? And I think it was still would have been the ghost of Allardyce. It, oh, well, you know, Big Sam had them well drilled and well marshaled. This Big Sam myth, which I see even David Conn, who I like a lot and respect a lot, is writing on Twitter about this thing about, well, you know, clubs struggle to replace Allardyce when he goes, and blah 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 It's rubbish. We've seen this firsthand. It's the self-publicity sports scientist that he's just, he's, he's a charlatan. But De Burn Who's this again? Who is that? Who is Allardyce. Allardyce, man. Sam oh, yeah, no, but to, who you... But who you yeah. David Conn, the football journalist. Oh, yes, David Conn. very, yes, very yeah. well about football, financial yeah, stuff, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. De never had an absolute chance. It was a was a rubbish appointment in some respects. By a, 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 I can see what Palace wanted to do, but then what they do is they've got to go in, in long term with that, which absolutely books the trend at the moment. Mm. And it's knee jerk. It's reactionary. Um, what a mess! What an absolute mess! They've really they've they've they've, they've done it after the windows closed. So anybody coming in's got the same bunch of players to work with. Um, so it looks like they're going to go with Roy Hodgson. Well, good luck to him because are the players going to play for him, or is he, is he going to have Ben Teke taking the corners? I mean, what's he going to be doing? You know, it, it, Roy Hodgson really, after his little England for his his stock's not as high as it was, and and is he really going to make a massive difference to that team? It's it's quite quite bizarre, and I still see it again. Four games, no wins, no goals, and they're still not bottom. There's still a team worse than them, you know, and there's still another team on z- on zero points. You know, we're we're only two wins above them. Come on, man, we're four games in. It it it's it's bonkers. It's almost like they've they've got cold feet after they've made a grandstanding appointment to say we're going to book the trend. We want to have them playing football and let's get change our style and let's let's play. A bit of razzmatazz and nah, and they've just suddenly got cold feet, absolutely bottled it. It's going to cost them a hell of a lot of money. I don't know how much money he spent in the transfer window, but it was more than us, I would imagine. Um, and and so, what a mess! What an absolute mess! So if, if the new if Hodgson comes in and kind of turn it around, where are they going to be in another four games, and then where are they going to be in another four games after that? How long is he going to get? It's mm. it's madness. It was a madness. I think when when they, you could I could understand the reason for for bringing him in, but the problem you've got bringing him in because obviously he would have had an interview, he would have had a, a plan of what they're going to do. He'd have rocked up with a bloody PowerPoint or whatever, and <laughs> you know, and and and, and pitched himself to say this is the vision, this is where I want to take your club. And bearing in mind that there are clubs in many ways I've got a bit of time for because of the way that, you know, they the, 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 the had a supporters trust that brought them back from the brink and blah de blah blah You know, they, they, they've done a lot of things the right way. And now all of a sudden, it's he, he will have rocked up with the full pitch and they've gone with it. And mm-hmm. it's almost like, like, like I say, mate, it's almost like they've just got cold feet. They've just gone, move, move. don't know if I fancy this now. And... and, and Really, genuinely, does Hodgson get four games? And then, how many more games after those four games does he get if he's not if, if his win ratio doesn't pick up? You know, it, 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 
the game in, on many levels is going mental, and this is this is yet another one of them. It's short-termism in the grandest plan. Are they working out when they're going to play Brighton and trying to sack the next one just before they play Brighton the way Sunderland did with us? Is, is that the way it's going to work for Palace next? Is it, is it the short-termism? Because have a look down in the division below where short-termism gets you. You know, it, 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 zero sense to me at all. I'm quite exasperated by it. And I'm just glad it's not my club for once. Yeah, it was. Like, I think um, it it puts into it puts into um, you know the, the reason why we look at the Rafa situation. It was um, it was interesting what's happening, and that was the worry for me. It's like Crystal Palace in any any club can essentially now they know how much it is to get him out of there. Yes, so the fa- and it just shows you the importance of him. Uh, we'll get that in a minute. Actually, we'll, I'll bring in uh, Bill Cook. Co- I want to say it properly, so I'd, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble with Bill. But Bill Cookerin, is that right? I keep on forgetting it's what it is. It's close enough. It, it means born in a bog with a red face in Irish, so it's uh, conventionally Cookerin, but uh, that's why Bill Cookerin. Cookerin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been a busy man the last couple of days, haven't you? Obviously, when it comes to the when it comes to Rafa Benitez and. You're involved in the food bank as well. Um, you've been quite busy, and you seem to be like it seems to be a movement. This food bank. Um, well, it, but it, it's, it's fantastic. I thought you were going to talk about going to the bottom club with a megaphone, but uh, <laughs> and then wandered up through Biker, and then ended up in Jackson's on Shields Road. That was a busy one as well. But there we go. <laughs> I think when it comes when it comes to um, you know, I think with the problem with Newcastle being the Premiership club, they're obviously the only team in there. Um, when it when it comes to the fact that we're, you know, the the feel good factor has now been installed, you know, across across the northeast in our in Gateshead, Newcastle, wherever the a Newcastle fan is. Um, with have you ever known anything like this? With were there any other manager apart from Sir Bobby and Kevin Keegan, um, who basically were just willing that he stays, and we we worry that you know somewhere along the line the the business side of Mr. Ashley, you might, um, you might cash that check in. I don't think we've ever had a situation where the feel-good factor, as you call it, but what we're talking about is the rational pursuit of, a, of an effective football strategy and management, i.e. everything that Crystal Palace aren't doing mm. is so wholly dependent upon Rafa Benitez and, and, uh, and, and with him and his continued presence comes the confidence of the fans, the team, and and the rest of the, I suppose, the football world. Um, things like the Newcastle United Fans Food Bank, which, uh, you know, it's quite a brilliant initiative from the mm. from the fans who have supported it. Uh, when you consider that we we were having the problem of having to send a lorry to London every week to fill up with food, um, and now we don't because those people in our city and our region who who can't afford to feed themselves are being taken care of by the fans of Newcastle United and fans of other clubs who help as well is is fantastic. And if you think data companies, data goes haven't done that, opera goes haven't done that, Sage Gateshead hasn't done that, political parties haven't done that, you know, busy bodies with petitions haven't done that. That's you, me, football fans who've put ten pence out of a pocket or pulled out a tin of beans. They've done that collectively, acting together. That shows what this City and this team is capable of, and I think that's what Rafa understands. That you know, between 
Leeds and Edinburgh, there's nothing like Newcastle. There's nothing like Newcastle in the world, actually. And if we pull together with our city centre football stadium and our our team in the in the heart and the hearts of the city, then there's nothing we're capable then we're not capable of doing. Th- well, well said, Bill. Really well said. Uh, I think the the one thing that I don't quite get. Obviously, I know we've got the food banks and people are it's with donations. How come that you know you've got you've got you've got you've got you've got, you've got Aldi. You got Little, you got Tesco's, you got Safeways, you got Marks and Spencers. How come one of them aren't, um, you know, coming to the fore? To, to, you know, you, I, I, I'm sure Ian Mearns, the local MP for Gateshead, who I know very well, um, is probably look probably maybe may, may involved. I'm not sure, but is it is it not? Should there not be a step up uh, from one of these from one of these chains? To get involved think, with you, to get involved with um, yeah, you know. they they help. They help. To be honest, I mean, the whole the whole thing for the food bank came along from uh, a lad called Colin Whittle from the from the, the supporters trust I who heard that name, yeah. came uh, came to see me and Steve Hasty and said, look, uh, we should do a food bank. And the three of us looked at each other, in in you know, and then we kind of thought oh, it'll be a bunch of us lot with a cardboard box and some tins of beans, and. It's because I, I do a financial clinic at the Citizens Advice Bureau, and I knew Shona Alexander, who some of you may remember that she helped us out when we did the anti-Wonga meeting, uh, when Wonga became the club sponsor, and uh, she set Wonga up for us, so we were able to aim, aim things at them, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. and shoot when necessary. And she introduced us to Mike Nixon, who runs the biggest food bank in the country, the West End Food Bank in Newcastle, which is five times bigger than the next biggest one, which is in Coventry, and it feeds a thousand people a week, and it's the one that was featured in I Daniel Blake. Now you mentioned Menzi, Ian Menz, the MP for Gateshead, whose principal claim to fame, of course, is that he invented the Shola Ramiobi chant. And uh, if he ever becomes Minister of Transport, that's the thing that should it, it should be first on his on his. Ian Menz, you mean? Ian Menz. Yeah, Menzi invented the Shola Ramiobi chant. That's, I never knew that. Oh well, it's true. It's true. We, we, it was a from me. We made the point that he admitted it. It was it's good. Well, he he was he was there at the start, and he's contributed bottles of House of Commons whiskey. Um, it's the first time a bottle of whiskey's been brought into the Irish Centre and not drunk immediately uh, to be raffled and and raised money before matches. And uh, and as I say, that that initiative has been going on since the fifth of February, and uh, it it was you know amazing on Thursday to have an event o- organised by. Michael Martin at True Faith, um, with seven journalists there, and uh, that that in one night raised three thousand pounds, and it shows the fact that people are understanding that this is something that we football fans can do, and we can help, and the club can get involved with. And to be fair, I think the people at the club are absolutely sincere, and you're going to hear more of them helping the food bank because they understand that supporting Newcastle isn't just for the people that go along; it's for the people that cannot afford to go along. And it's about mm. not just supporting the 11 players on the pitch, it's about supporting the communities outside the pitch and the people in the region, whoever they are, and whatever situation they're in. And that's what makes us special and decent human beings. And, uh, and that's what we'll do. Yeah, no, I've, got, I've got to pick up on something here. And yeah. you just said a whole bunch of names from a whole bunch of different organisations, fanzines, etc. And we're starting to heal again, aren't we? Yeah, there's a fan. There's a fan base. We're coming back together, and this we're, is yeah. Rafa. 
were unifying because of Rafa and, and Liz Luff was there from the Bobby Robson Foundation. Steve Wraith came along and donated uh, a meeting with, with Gaza and Beardsley. Graham Forster of, uh, of, of grassroots football, he's, he, he was kind enough to make meetings with um, Les Ferdinand and Mickey Quinn and Andy Cole. And, uh, and, and it, like you say, Neil, it was people coming together who, um, you know, we're, and we're working for the benefit of the club and the team and the city, the region, the people. And we've, uh, the, we've, the, all, we've all been there before and done a bit, and we've all been involved in all kinds of different palavas, capers, and you name it, mm-hmm. under various guises, sometimes under multiple guises and from the same organisation. Not that anybody ever really knew about that at the time. Um, and because of one reason and another, our fan base has this amazing ability to turn inward on itself sometimes. And to hear so many names bandied around that from a distance I can see. And it's the distance for me gives us a bit more clarity and a bit more ability to be a bit more frank, perhaps, as well. Yep. That, that at last we're starting to come back together as a fan base in healing. There's only one man doing it. And there's one man who's got the fans united. He's got the dressing room united. He's got the staff at Newcastle United united behind him. And that's the one man that that one flag represented in the Gallagher end the other weekend. Um, and as big a message it could be to anybody else associated with Newcastle United who might think they're on the other side of that. It's a huge message to them. This is the man that's got a, that is the key, the linchpin to everything moving forward in our, our club and getting that community back. Seeing what you've done with the food bank has made me so proud out here. Seeing what's happening with the foundation. Seeing Rafa and the club captains rock up one Thursday night to a five-a-side match with the Baines and start yeah. chipping in. You know, it's a long time since things like that have happened in our community where the club, that's this heartbeat of the city, the absolute pulse of our city, just starting to be welcomed back with open arms everywhere. And it's our club, no matter who's ownership and whose name lies above the door as the landlord that's all he is is a, is a landlord it's our club yeah, yeah. Well, well said Neil I think um, the, I think with the everything that's, be, that's happening within the club um, it was actually it, it's, it, it's polar opposite with what um, you know the outside media seem to be talking about Newcastle like putting us down on a regular basis um, and obviously it gets a bit personal when they they start of a pop at um, at Rafa Benitez especially um, with, with the transfer window coming and going and the way that panned out um, it, it, I, I actually thought it's it's bordering on it is harassment especially when they, again yesterday they tried to have a, they, they're trying to get one of the Newcastle players in trouble uh, Marino. Oh. When he, fell over, when he, when he well, got in the box and he fell over. Matt, Rich, Matt Ritchie as well, mate. Yeah, yeah. What, when's, it, when's a yellow card, a red card, or no card at all? Well, start with a high foot on Mbemba from Huddersfield. No yeah. card. Start with a high foot on the goalkeeper from Marnie on, mm-hmm. on Saturday. Which, by the way, if you see the state of the goalkeeper's face, anybody questioning whether that's a red card or not really needs to go back and have a good look at themselves. And then they started with Matt Ritchie, who didn't even touch the lad. Exactly. The one with no contacts are yellow, the one with full on contacts are red, and the one with contact that led to the lad needing stitches on the side of his head is zero cards at all. Where's and, the consistency and, there? 
Ridiculous. What about the foul of the year? That one, the the, the reverse bollock, the reverse bollock <laughs> kick. You know, I mean, yeah. now I've got to say, as in the Newport, didn't he? If if I was if, if I was a little kid playing football, that's the move I'd be trying tomorrow because <laughs> nobody seemed to punish it. You know. Um, well, they, they were crying for people to be booked left, right, and centre, and Sanchez was clattering everybody he could. Mm-hmm. Then clattered Hayden and went down as if he was injured to avoid the booking, and then kicked him, kicked Mourinho between the legs. I mean, how weird! It's it's bonkers. Actually, the, actually, Andy, all they talk about, and they were doing it over here as well. Lazy bloody journalism over here. They had well, na- sports Neil, another uh, prattling on. Another name who's helped out fantastically with the food bank is Stuart Latterman. Stuart's compiled mm-hmm. a list of, I think it's ninety-five matches since an opponent was sent off in the Premier League, and I, I forget how many years it is since we got a penalty in the Premier League, and uh, I think all we need to do is look again at what happened with Burton Albion, where. Matt Ritchie's penalty oh, should have been retaken. And, uh, and clearly the referee and the linesman were colluding and conspiring to think of a reason why they could get away with it. And, uh, and the truth is, for too many years, it's been easy to have a go at Newcastle United because the media have made, it, made us a target. And by God, we should take it out on these people when we get a chance. We shouldn't forget mm. them. Having said that, we've got some really good journalists, the likes of George Culkin, the Martin Hardys, oh, you know, have, you know. I have to say, I, I would have loved to have been there at the at the press forum because you've got people, knowledgeable people who care. You yeah. know, you, you take someone like Mark Douglas who can be a little bit more, um, sort of take a step back from it. He's from, you know, he's, Bradford, he's from Bradford. He's not he's not a local, but he's worked in around the region for long enough, and he can see both sides of it. Yeah. And so when he's standing up saying stuff, you know, that to me has a massive impact. And it should have massive impact because, um, while, meanwhile, the press are still all over the world, not just in London, but here in bloody Doha, you've got Sunes coming out mm. with the same old tripe. You've got Keys and Grey coming out with the same old tripe that they were coming out with before they got exiled out here. You know, and, and, and it's easy, it's lazy. And it's actually not right. It's not factual. When in, exactly. in an era in an era of fake news, that's exactly what it is. You know. Well, let's hope they get found out. Yeah, hopefully. Are you, the thing is that the, the the interesting thing with the with the five million now. What, what do you think about it? Like when you heard, obviously, Pete Graves has been on the show. Uh, great guy. Uh, he's very honest. I think when he when he puts stuff out there, it must be it must be hard though. Working when you obviously at Sky and there seems to be a regular pattern of behaviour when it comes to the Newcastle. But I think when um, Peter comes on and he has news on something, you know, he, he's the type of person, he puts it out there, he gets stick, whatever whatever, whatever he puts out, it's always going to get stick from different different places. But uh, when he put out there that obviously Rafa has got this five million, uh, well, I think with the way things are going, uh, uh, Bill, it's, it's kind of a bounty on his head, isn't it? Uh, I mean, you, you know what, I can cope, we can cope with the media. We've had the media all of our lives. Uh, we've had the media um, and bad opinions about this city for hundreds of years. They've always been wrong. Uh, what, I, what it sticks in me craw, though, is referees, because I don't mind them getting it wrong, as long as they get it wrong for both teams. Mm-hmm. But when they're so obviously and visibly anti this city and anti this club, then I think the FA should have a query. Uh, or maybe feeling that we should just uh, declare our own country and have our own national team it's, and bollocks to it. It's when they go on, like they're making it up, like they're going along. Like they, like they did in that Burton Albion game. 
where you, where you look at something and you think, nah, you're just making it up as you go along now. There's, there's no logical reason for any of the decisions you're making. I've, I've said this before on this show probably mm. so many times. Andrew was probably sitting here and he say it. I don't mind a bad referee as long yeah. as he's consistently bad. Exactly. If it's consistently bad, both teams get the same bad decisions, and at the end of it, everybody will go, hey, what a great game that was, but wasn't the referee crap? <laughs> Whereas a referee who is inconsistent to the point of you're, asking, you're wondering, is there collusion? Is there somebody putting something in his back pocket to make him make some of these decisions? Is, is he got to keep the goal margin down to plus two? What's going on here? Um, you know, you know, Neil. I don't even. I don't really think that. I just think that maybe with the way that we've had toxic um, sponsors, we've mm-hmm. had owners that clearly weren't committed to the club. We've probably been, and we've had players. Let's be fair, which um, you know they, they they haven't shown them shown us in the greatest of light over the years. Maybe the referees have been biased against us. Maybe. The fact that we as fans can show that they were a different kind of organisation from what they think. Maybe we might start getting penalties when the clubs start publicising the food bank uh, a little bit more and what they're doing to help and support that. Maybe we'll get some of those kind of benefits. Um, Maybe that's part of the kind of media operation you have to have these days. Um, Maybe we just haven't had it before. If that is the case, then it's pleasing to see that the club is engaging and, and, and getting involved with that kind of stuff and mm. maybe it'll start to come turn around a bit. Yeah, I think with the, I think with the club it's the, it, it, there's a definite measured response to most things. I think the one thing I think people pick, picked up on is that they were there on um, uh, you know when 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 they were when they chat with Martin with uh, Martin Hardy and uh, uh, Mark Douglas um, Craig Cope was being the show Mark being the show as well. So yep. the, the and plus the interesting one actually I want I wish, I wish I in a way I wish I'd gone but I had things going on but Louise uh, from the Guardian now, she wasn't there oh she wasn't oh I thought no she, she 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 wasn't it was a shame because we had a we have a David Kelly um, red and white striped shirt on in the Irish Centre but it's not it's not a Sunderland shirt it's Derry City so it traps a few Sunderland fans who are trying to stay undercover it's uh, <laughs> it's what colloquially known as the Mackham trap. <laughs> The thing, the, the thing is, like she, uh, you know, the, I think her her um, articles have have been interesting to say the least. And it would be nice to have it um, on there just to talk about, you know, what what she hears about the club because that's the thing. There's so many different people saying so many different things inside the club. But you must have been very, I think, relieved when Newcastle won the first game, especially against West Ham. Um, but that one yesterday, a bit of style and sophistication with, with the players that Rafa's brought in. It's just a real shame that he hasn't, he's not allowed to really uh, bring in more quality that probably the, the team needs going forward, Bill. Maybe. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I wasn't really that bothered that we didn't sign some person who put up to 30-odd million quid um, who might destroy the dressing room. Because I think we've got a really good group of lads there who, who, who play for each other, and they may not have the quality. And I know, I'm sure Rafa wants, you know, maybe technically better footballers in some ways. But I quite like the fact that we've got a bunch of young kids who are trying hard for each other. And I'm not that bothered that we'll probably get beat more often than we'll win, as long as we stay in this division. 
and then we can build on that kind of spirit because having having a bunch of highly paid footballers isn't everything, but mm-hmm. having that spirit is everything. And uh, and whilst we're not able to compete with uh, you know Man Cities and, and and the rest, in which you know logically we're not going to be able to, um, I'd rather I'd rather stay as we are and keep the spirit and keep keep the lads together, keep building on that. I think with the the, the fact, obviously myself. Um, Neil and uh, Steve Wraith mentioned last week. The, the only reason you could think, the, the only reason you could think that there is something brewing in the fact that he didn't spend the money is that he is actively and seriously looking to uh, sell the club. But then you hear that they're looking, they're going to be, they're going to be opening a sports direct shop. I think Neil said that. Somebody told me that. Uh, and uh, in the US, so it's a perfect vehicle for him. But I wouldn't think it's a per- it's a personal vehicle, a personal experience that he wants to have with Newcastle. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't take much to get a good one. Um, I think a lot of people are now talking about the fact that why can't Newcastle United fans go out there and get this buyer, um, to, you know, to come to the table. I think we've tried it twice now, haven't we? So we got close the second. I think we got closer the second time than what we've ever got. So at least the second time of doing it, we can, you know, you got the, you got the main person in the room. So it, it's kind of positive that um, in the, hopefully in the near future, even though it feels like, you know, you know the, the, other, the other shoe's going to fall from the foot. Uh, the, the one thing that worries me is West Ham tonight. Um, and the, the fact that if they lose again, they may do what... Steve Parrish did. And the interesting thing about Steve Parrish is I I went to bed last night thinking, oh, they won't sack him, they won't sack him, Bill. And uh, you you said I, I you would think he must have got so many tweets. I think I think the tweets changed his mind. Yeah, I think we're living in a in a different kind of world where every one of us has a broadcasting medium mm-hmm. in our in our top pocket. Um and with social media brings that kind of I don't know, um, attention if you call it, you know, emphasis maybe. Um, Then again, if if people are going to start making decisions about football managers based on on who's tweeting who, you might as well just follow the Sun editorial really, you know. So I I think, think, you know, there's there's a bit more judgment in this world than uh, South London scrap dealers or whatever it is around Crystal Palace. Um, I don't think we've got much better at Newcastle United. And uh, I think what we really need, it isn't so much a change of ownership. It's a real proper, highly paid um, CEO at the club who's got, the, who's got a proper department who can, who can deal with uh, buying players and selling players quickly rather than it all land on, on Lee Charlie. That was one of the points that the journalists were making, that it's just Lee Charlie. Whatever you think of Lee Charlie, he's not a superman. And um, having to deal with 20-odd different deals in three weeks is, is a bit much. And we need, a, we need a proper figurehead who can talk to the media, direct the club, cooperate with the city, deal with economic development, speak to future sponsors, communicate with the communities, and bring us all together in the way that Rafa has done as well. But Rafa can't be doing it out at all. I mean, look at the state of him. The poor fellas knackered yeah. with this infection. Um, he needs help. And he needs help on the on the on the executive side of the football club, and that's got to involve producing more money, but also taking some heat off on the workload as well. 
does it not come across that um, that he, he doesn't like the uh, you know actually doesn't seem to like uh, the being pushed being pushed to do this that and the other because you know let's when it when it comes to Rafa Benitez that's what he does he he it, it, he he wants excellence like you know he put in two it I think he put two hundred and fifty pounds into the food bank. Just I because, just, you know, that, yeah, how many people like, do that? It's great stuff. Like right? 300, I think, by the time we're working yeah. all out. We've, we've, got to, we've got to get Mike Nixon to do a final count of the raffle. It was it was 400 with some pennies, but uh, I, I, I don't think we'll worry about the pennies too much. Well, yeah, I think I think Rafa is a person for whom it is said no detail is too small to deal with, but he can't be everywhere doing everything. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, uh, and we need the same kind of Department on the non-football side, on the on the on the managerial side at Newcastle, you know, on the on the stuff where we administrate things, um, it's it's equally powerful. Getting people who are sponsors in is, is massively important. If if we're not going to get paid by Sports Direct uh, for, for for ground advertising, we should be getting paid by some people. You know, they should be making sure that the executive boxes are full. We're making sure that the the director's box has never been full. It should be with people paying a thousand pounds a ticket because it's worth the while to be there because they do deals with each other. Um, mm. All of that takes a bit of energy and, uh, and and again, you know, it's about investing in, in wages and so far the current owner hasn't shown himself willing to do stuff like that because so far the current owner has always behaved like this is a short-term issue. As mm. Neil said before, short-term, short-termism football gets you absolutely nowhere. And, uh, and I think, you know, We've just about got away with it because we've got Rafa. If we lose Rafa, then uh, then the whole thing gets in, in severe trouble. Because I must say, some of the obviously some of the players he's brought in, you know, it's like I got I, what when you were you watching it yesterday, some of the the midfield uh, and the the flank play, it, to me it was a joy. There was an extra there was there was so much impetus, and I, I did like the fact that um, Rafa called. Um, Jermaine Lascelles, the captain, in the morning, yeah. just to make sure they were at it. And he's on the telephone. You know, you can imagine. You can imagine he may have been ill. He may have an infection. But you know, you could you could almost you could feel that he was there anyway, couldn't you? Exactly. And uh, and I think that's the that's the the tradition of excellence which this city has in in engineering in developing the world. And it's something we used to have in our football club. And we need to get it back, and uh, and get it back in lots of other areas as well. But but right now, I'd say even more than, you know, okay, we need we need no matter about the ownership, we need investment. Um, but we also need investment in the executive, the sales, and commercial side of the club, which develops the income and makes it into a into a big football team. We should be up there with the Bayern Munich and the Barcelona's like we were in the 1990s, and uh, and the rest of the teams in Britain, because. You know, a properly run Newcastle United is at least of the size of those organisations. And more to the point, uh, when, we're, when we're playing on the pitch, we're doing good things off the pitch as well. So you cannot really get a better role model as a club and a city and a set of fans and a manager with sponsors who should be queuing up around the block to be associated with this wonderful team. Yeah, exactly. Too true, too true. Um Obviously now we're on six points. It's it's you know every game can you know next week's going to be a big game, isn't it? It's like, I think when it comes to the, um, the the food bank, would it not be a good idea to 
like have fun runs around the stadium and inside the stadium and uh, to get you know people people more interested in in donating, especially sponsors, whatever. Because if if it's a, if the club's involved, if it's if if fun things are going to be seen, um, you know, to be done to to get more of a, a people involved in it, it would be fun if if the club, um, you know, you could do various things, can't you? But there's so that's the thing with New, with the Newcastle, you know, with St James is it's such a big place that there could be fun, you know, there's so many things you can do, especially fun days. But I, I do believe that because there is so many kids walking around there. With different shirts on, you know, you got Barcelona shirts, you got Real Madrid shirts, you got Manchester City shirts. That's the thing; we seem to be losing. The, the they should be they should be reported to the competent authorities, in my opinion, if they're wearing things like that, to make sure that their parents are bringing them up properly. Um, <laughs> and one of the things we've got to be careful of with the food bank collections is we're very conscious of the fact that there's lots of boys' clubs and girls' clubs and football clubs, junior clubs collect outside James's Park and that's their big day you know so if you got um, I don't know um, Eshwinning Junior junior Kids football team collecting outside St James's Park we want them to collect as much as they can because it's, it's, a, it's a major part of their, their income and we don't want to be coming in and, and spoiling that even for something as worthwhile as the food bank we want to you know coexist and so um, we don't want to get sort of you know too dominant in that respect. We've got a we've got a collection point for food, and if people want to put a pound in the in, in one of the the tins as well, that's fantastic. Or even even more, a five of feed comedy for a week and ten pence will buy a tin of beans. Um, but we don't want to completely eliminate other people who are raising yeah. money for footballing things. Because uh, you know, as I say, that the, the likes of West Allotment Juniors, you know, and, and and others who we see every week. Um, they're good people in the community and they're, they're unsung heroes of the northeast sporting scene. The parents are all working for nothing. The kids are there. They're very proud of this. And uh, it, it, it's marvellous to see them there as well. You know, basically, yeah. there's, there's yeah. enough room for everybody, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I'm bringing in Steve Hasty as the next caller this evening. Good evening, Steve. How are you? I'm very well. Thanks, guys. How are you? Not too bad, Hi, not Steve. too bad. Um, obviously, we've, we've got Bill in on tonight. Um, uh, bringing much needed common sense to what's going on with Newcastle and uh, I love the way that you're making the point by exaggeration there Andrew that's, that's appreciated <laughs> I, I, I was just, stop I getting me mate I thought he was just building you up because he knew the common sense was going to go out the window when I started that's all <laughs> oh, look, I, I, I handed the megaphone back this morning it's all fine I'm going to have to go anyway I'm, I'm, uh, oh, thanks I'm, Billy. I'm, I'm at the shop <laughs> I have to go in this shop. Thanks, Bill. Take care. Thanks, Bill. He's quality, him, Liam. He's, he's just brilliant to listen to. So much, so much common sense, just like Steve Hasty from Newcastle's Fans Forum. So, tell me, it's been obviously an interesting week for Newcastle from uh, obviously the international break. And you've got Rafa having this hernia issue. Um, again, being uh, told by the general media that... Um, Newcastle, uh, the problem was Newcastle fans, but the best thing happened all week was that the local, the local media came out uh, to help with the food bank. And it, to me, it was just nice to see all the people that deal with Newcastle. Um, they write about Newcastle and uh, the, what, 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 they, what they sense about the city. It was quite a nice thing. I think it could, I think it could be done on a regular basis as well. 
Yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, we've got a very, very educated fan base. We've got a very educated uh, group of uh, professional journalists who fund Newcastle United and have all of that combination in the room. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think the, the guys really got it spot on. It was very well organised. Um, it was uh, it was very well held together by uh, Sharon Percy, who was in the Dynamic Club. So all in all, it was a really, really good event. And the most important thing was that it raised so much needed money for the food bank. And I think the guys who organised it deserve uh, all the credit for that. And also the credit to Newcastle United uh, and to the, uh, the, uh, the other guys, as, as Bill said, Graham Hart, S.T. Wraith, who donated the prizes that were auctioned. And I think Berkeley is also a big thank you to the guys who spent a lot of money on, on those prizes, uh, which boosted the figure up from, I think it was around about £70 pound that had, uh, had been kicked from the uh, the entry money uh, up to short of £3,000. Nearly four hundred pounds short, and as everybody now knows, that uh, that difference was made up by uh, Rafa Benitez himself, who phoned in and uh, and offered to uh, to do exactly that, which was an absolutely marvellous gesture, um, but not something I think that anyone in the room was really surprised about once mm-hmm. they thought about it, because that's the making of the man. That's that's what Rafa's like. He's very much in the community, and uh, he knows everything that's going on at Newcastle United. He knows what the fans are thinking. He knows what's going on with the press. He knows what's probably what's going on in this radio show, knowing that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it, we, sh- we shouldn't be surprised that uh, there was an event on in that evening and that uh, that Rafa um, was involved in some way, shape or form. Um, it was great. Absolutely great. I think what it does show this week, I mean, we're talking about that, but I think I just go back to something that was said earlier, that we talk about uh, the sacking of managers uh, after only four games, as has happened to Ronald De Boer. Um, I'll throw something into the mix here on one of the rational reasons possibly why it's happened. Nothing to do with the fact that they haven't scored a single goal or they haven't picked up a single point. But uh, in the transfer window, where, where Raf has been wanting to spend money and hasn't been able to, um, I think Frank De Boer didn't want to spend the money, or he certainly didn't want to spend the money on a on a certain player, and the board went out and bought that player anyway in Sacco from uh, from Liverpool. And uh, I think if you if you're going to go up against the board of directors of a football club, you've got to have the fans behind you. You've also got to have um, a little bit of history behind you, and you've got to have uh, you've got to have some wins behind you. And I think all of those things weren't there with Frank De Boer. He then went up against the board of directors and didn't select the, the very man that the board paid over £25 million for. And uh, next thing you know, what was actually their best performance of the season, even though they lost 1-0. I watched the game on match of the day and I thought they played very, very well. Um, he, 24 hours later, he's, uh, he's gone. And they wanted to bring in a 70-year-old Roy Hodgson uh, to replace him, which to me is is, is even, even more bamboozling. Um, you know, that, it, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, when, when the pressure's on with directors, owners, um, people like Steve Parrish, um, that uh, some ridiculous decisions can be made. And, uh, uh, and unlike, unlike Neil, who said he had a bit of a soft spot, I think, did you see a soft spot, Neil? I'm not too sure. He certainly had uh, well, the fans had are very, the fans yeah. are very, very, very passionate. Just, and they're very, very passionate. passionate and very specific. Yeah. But, but 
at the end of the day, they're from South London, so I've got no connection oh, no. with them, and uh, I'm not really that bothered, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Isn't it funny though that the two, the two, the two managers, the two clubs have had the same manager. Sunderland are in the toilet, and Crystal Palace in the toilet. I'm sure as eggs is eggs, and I know this for a fact anyway. That uh, Parish contacted Sam Allardyce to ask if he'd come back, and he said no, thanks very much, because he knows. He comes back in. He'll do it. He'll do. He'll keep them up. He'll get them playing the way that they've been. I suppose function to play. That's probably a better word, isn't it? So I think when it comes to it, it actually just shows you how good of a manager Allardyce was, even though he had his credit. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. He's a charlatan. <laughs> He's a con man. You've, you've already heard it before. Don't get me wound up as well. <laughs> it's so uh, easy, Neil, Neil it's said so it easy. so succinctly uh, before, before, when the programme first started, Neil had it absolutely spot on. Um, he's a con man. Always has been, always will be. It's taken us years and years to recover from uh, the mess that he left us in. Uh, Sunderland, Sunderland are suffering not because of the wins that he had under his belt, but because of the mismanagement of players that were on absolutely ridiculous wages yeah. and the, 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 the way that he functioned that way. The same thing will happen at Crystal Palace. Um, you know, the only surprise is that, uh, you know, despite anything that he might have ha- happened to do at, with England, that we're actually going to scrape through and, and get to the, the World Cup 2018. Um, but you know what? Could you understand that... I, I, I obviously mean Neil Topper, but Ronald De Boer, it made zero sense that you bring him in. Like I couldn't. Uh, understand. I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily agree. I think that I think Ronald De Boer is a, is a Dutchman uh, mm-hmm. with a pedigree as a player at Barcelona, a pedigree player at Ajax. Uh, I think Ronald De Boer could could he, he's taken them four games to actually get them to understand that the ball can actually roll along the ground for a start. <laughs> You know, they, they, true, it, yeah, it, it was just it was poor finishing um, on Saturday. Un- unbelievable misses, the game. wasn't it? Shocking, de- yeah. shocking defending for the goal at that only three minutes with a back pass from a midfielder that I, I, I'm still to this day uh, can't understand where the pass was actually intended to go. Never mind where it ended up. So in that respect, I think the ball the ball would have been a, would have been a good sign. He was linked with us. He's been linked with he was linked with other clubs. Um, right across uh, the Premier League, when vacancies have come about, um, I think that they they they, they, ju- they jumped in and got him perhaps to avoid other other clubs going for him. Um, I think that's, yeah, I that's that. more than likely. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I think that in those situations, it's not even a case of a of the manager having to do a PowerPoint or personal manager to a PowerPoint presentation. I think they decided they wanted Ronald De Boer and they went for him, and he accepted the job. But the problem is. Like a lot of clubs, it's the board of directors who are going out scouting the players, identifying the players, uh, buying the players, and then trying to present them to a foreign manager and say, there you are, get on with it. It's happened to work to a certain extent at Chelsea uh, with Conte um, in, in terms of that's the way that Conte operates and actually openly admitted in a press conference during the week that that's, that's the way it is. I don't have anything to do with any signings. I am the coach. Wow. I, I look after the team on but he must have some say in the players, though, Steve. No, no, no say in what... You're telling no the, players, the, the Italian in. players he brings in, there's no, he has no say in them. He has no say in the players that come in. He, he, he openly said that at a press conference the other day. Yeah, that's what he said the other day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. 
Interesting. I think obviously get with with regards to to Newcastle. Obviously another struggling team. Um, you can when it comes to uh, West Ham. That ever since Pete Graves put out there regarding this five million, like it's been on my mind a lot actually lately. Just the fact that you know the fact that they hired him before he, before um, Rafa took the job for Real Madrid. Um, that's a worry that if they do exactly what Paris has just done last night via Twitter. Um, I've got a story about that one, but um, that you know, the, you, you worry that it, you know, with the fact that Rafa's already said that Newcastle isn't part of his long-term thinking. That um, if West Ham lose, I forgot who they're playing actually, but if, if West Ham lose, well, in Huddersfield tonight, they probably will get they probably will get beat tonight. They're playing Huddersfield, um, and. I mean, we'll go back to a fortnight ago when it, when there was all the talk and so it goes on. We had it before we played West Ham a fortnight ago. Oh, you know, this is this is the one, you know, one, there's going to be a winner and a loser. Um, and and Bilic is obviously now under immense pressure. And uh, I listened to somebody, I listened to some West Ham fans on the radio this morning. West Ham fans seem to be split. They still see Bilic as, as a manager well, that can do good yeah. for them, but they, yeah. they have... Serious, serious uh, doubts about the owners. Um, mm. They have, you know, there's, there's fans that are only just now coming well, around. They've been caught lying, haven't they? They've been caught lying. The sun tends to break stories about transfers uh, on Twitter before they've happened mm. or things mm. that are going on at the club. And, you know, mm. they seem to be like, you know, basically a, well, a, Karen a bunch works of... Karen she, she writes there, doesn't she, so... That's why. Well, Karen Brady runs the place, yeah. but I mean, yeah, yeah, there again, I mean, dear me, yeah, just the whole. It's not, it's not the West Ham of old, is it? You know, no, yeah. Not. I mean, they went through all sorts of struggles. They were, you know, after the previous owners, and then there was a bunch of Icelandics took over, and they got caught up in the crash, and then, you know, the Barrow Boys took over. Um, mm. You know, so Billich is under pressure, but you know what? He's not under pressure because Rafa Benitez wants his job. He's under pressure because. Mm. He hasn't got victories under his belt, and it's up to him to pull them, pull them round. Um, I'm not. I don't th- personally think that there's any possibility of Rafa Benitez going to West Ham. Um, and even as though far as the job, the, even though he was offered the job, and he he accepted it like, uh, before he, he accepted it, and then got a, yeah, he accepted, and then got then got then changed his mind, and and he and he went to Real Madrid, and that didn't go very well for him. Mm. Rafa's, Rafa might have come out and said that he's no longer looking at the project. That's just it. That's just Rafa flying off and, and letting letting managers you know letting the owner know that you know there's, there's a possibility here uh, that uh, you know he'll see he'll see out the season. Imagine if imagine if we have you know we have a really good season. Do you think Rafa will walk away if we're finishing the top ten or or the, or the top eight? Um, yeah, at what point do you think? Rafa we'll see what happens in January. Just because, I think just somebody the, comes yeah. in for you, you know, yeah. this is you know if. I just I just can't see it happening at the moment, and, and, and it's not on my radar to, to to even contemplate it. At the moment, we've got a we've we've had a great win on on Sunday. We've got a good big game coming up again this Saturday against Stoke, Stoke right? City. Stoke, yeah. yeah, and uh, you know again another full house at St James's Park. Another opportunity to to keep the ball on the deck, uh, play some decent football, play football on the front foot. Um, 
you know, they they might have had, you know, they, they were leading one nil against Man United. They were getting beat two one. They, they scraped they scraped a goal, uh, drew two all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it's like when you play Stoke at home. I think Stoke are a different kettle of fish when they travel away. And uh, I think that uh, you know we we are, we are we are playing very yeah. very good controlled football. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw uh, Neil. I don't know. You, you like to comment on the fact that we played a team that played a diamond that just had yeah. absolutely no wit, and our midfield held their own in that in that situation. The, the we worked mid, well on the flanks. We moved mm-hmm. the ball around them very well. The defence moved they, forward. They missed a big opportunity because Gomez looked like he struggled for the first forty minutes or so. Yeah. And then by half-time, he'd found his feet. And the, their chance to exploit that had gone because they were playing this um, almost a rotational diamond. They didn't know where to put Sanchez for the best. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time they'd worked out where should... Stop. Well, <laughs> by the time they'd worked out where they should put him, we'd counteracted it already. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I think tactically, I think they worked it very, very, very well. It was another one of those ones where... Yeah, let them have the possession because they're not going to do anything dangerous, dangerous with it in this position that they're in. And they didn't really... They, they, I think at the end of the day, I think Elliot had two saves to make. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, that's a hell of a good result, really. It just looked like, a, to me, you looked at, it was very much a vibrant performance when we got the ball. You know, we had, we, we had a plan of where we're going to go, how we're going to do it. It was it was like to me for me as a you know I've I've been hammering away for ages that we don't really have a a way of playing and and I watched that and I like you know again that Marino oh God he 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 looks like he could be well obviously the the longer he goes on playing for the club could be an absolute superstar and you know you you're looking at um, I, I was pleased that, we, that he didn't bring on Shelby. I must admit, I think um, I think people are wondering whether he'll play Shelby with Marino together. Um, but I must admit, I people were surprised that Jesus played when he first saw the team come out. Were you, were you surprised with anybody? I think everybody seemed to be surprised by Jesus playing. I I, I wasn't because I was I looked at that thought who who else can he bring in at fullback and I thought. He's he's not wanting to make any too many changes. He had decided that obviously Leger was on the bench, mm-hmm. but he had already settled for who his who his back two was, and he wasn't going to rush somebody in who's straight back in after injury. Um, and uh, Jesus was he's one of his signings. Um, you know he obviously has faith in the lad. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted a you know he, he did look a bit ring rusty as Neil said in the first forty minutes, but in the second mm-hmm. half he played in a great performance. No. Um, he, he he had the measure of anyone who wanted to come down that wing. Not that they moved up much down the down his uh, flank anyway. Uh, Manquillo was a little bit more exposed in the second half, yeah. um, and I think it, when Neil said that once they sussed out where Sanchez's best position was, it was obviously sitting on the bench and not playing when they substituted <laughs> him for Wilfred Bonny, who then came on, and we we then saw why Wilfred Bonny hasn't been scoring goals for Stoke City, why he was getting nowhere at Manchester City. And I listened to an interview with him uh, just at the weekend where he actually said that the reason why it didn't work at Manchester City was because they played so many games that he didn't get enough time to train. I, I, and I thought to myself, my first, my first thought was, you didn't get enough time to train because of all the games they were playing. Well, you, know, you don't have to go home at dinner time, you know. You can, you can actually train 
later on in the day. You can do things yourself. You can, you know, and you weren't in the squad anyway. And he was implying that a club like Manchester City, um, because they're in, they're travelling around Europe playing in all all these games. He's not. He wasn't getting the chance to train um, and keep fit. That's absolutely bonkers. Professional footballer complains that he's got to do a bit of football. Aye. <laughs> well, see, even when he football went there, football? it was a joke. Want, it's a joke when he went there. Football, I can't be doing with it. Yeah, you know what it is. It, it just it just goes to show, doesn't it? You know that, that, that these prima donna footballers, you know. Mm. But must admit, it feels it feels good to have. I must say, to me, it just felt good to get that away win so early in the season. Um, mm. And very much so that when you look at obviously the way we played in the championship, there's definitely more guile. Uh, I must say, I did like Joselu again. You know, he, he he definitely you know he brings a lot to the table. Like I think we said earlier in the season, if he gets ten goals this season, he's he's more than paid off his his uh, fee. But uh, and I must say, go if you go back to Bill's point uh, um, with regards to Newcastle, you know, not having like a twenty million player or. 25 million, 40 million player. If you look at our, I think when we look at our past history, all the way back before Alan Shearer, we never really, um, you know, were very much a, a team that was a heartbeat, like a Geordie team to it. We never really spent a lot of money on players. And um, I, I think um, back in the Kevin Keegan days, yes, we bought players. and But I think uh, for, for us to get a, um, a Geordie heartbeat in there, Possibly we might need to spend that money, but I think with the fact that the Premiership is accelerating at such a speed of players, um, the fact that if you, the, the current players that he's brought in are of such quality and they haven't cost us a lot of money, um, it, you know, for them not to, for the, even the thought of not backing Rafa Benitez, it, it is quite astounding, but. Um, Obviously, the one worry is the left back situation, isn't it? But uh, with Paul out for a while, because I must be, I thought with Paul being out, um, I did think um, you know we would be in trouble. But the way that we were so vibrant on on Sunday and so calm in all aspects of the team, you have to wonder if you bring Shelby back in there with 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 his temperament and you bring in um, Mitrovic, uh, I think their best places are going to be on the bench for most of the season. As and when required. They may well, they may well, but I think what you've got to look at our team, and you look at the age of our team, the mm. number of twenty-one-year-olds, twenty-two-year-olds that we've got in the team, twenty-three. Uh, it's a very, very young team. It's a team mm. that's maturing together. It's a team that's working well together. That's got a, that's got a, a, a something about them in terms of attitude mm. um, and and graft and guile and teamwork. Yes, we need you, know, you, you need that that quality that that has to be there as well. And at the moment, we've got players who are, who are showing that they they have quality in, in them, um, and it's just Rafa's job to make sure that that quality can be brought out consistently. Where you stumble, I think, is when you know players have off days, and where you end up with three or four players, especially young players, having off yeah. days. Um, what he's got in Gamas. Is a, is a is a player with a, a, a little bit more uh, age behind him. Um, then you look at Manquillo on the other side. He can play on left or right. Gamas can play on left or right. We've been unlucky that that Yedlin has been out injured, who's mainly left-sided, and we've had the injury to Dummett, who, when you consider 
you know, went through long periods where he was, uh, you know, virtually the first name on the team sheet all the way through last season. He's not a player who has been renowned for picking up injuries over the last two or three seasons, and then he he gets a, a hamstring. Uh, injury that looks, you know, is kept going to keep him out for for a considerable mm-hmm. length of time, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then Mbemba, who hasn't played, you know, didn't hardly play at all last season, comes in, um, you know, a, a makeshift if you like uh, left back, mm-hmm. but was doing okay. He wasn't he wasn't pulling up trees. He, you know, he, he he looked at times that uh, that he was there purely because uh, there was nobody else, and his best best position is as a centre back. Um, but you know we've got that little bit of versatility in the team, and and, it, and they're having to do that. But it's the, it's that it's that bit of teamwork and that team spirit that they've got among them at the moment that is that is helping them through this, and mm-hmm. has got them these, uh, these the performances in the last two games, two totally different games, one at home where they're on the front foot from from the start to finish, and where they're putting everybody under pressure, and then away from home where they're able to soak up pressure and then uh, come on the break but then look stronger and stronger as the game goes on and with that strength looked as though they were uncontrolled they weren't just they weren't just mm. stronger team they looked more controlled more composed mm. and and quite frankly Swansea just ran out of ideas didn't they by the end uh, yeah think, you know yeah, you, ahead, the yeah. point, point you make about the squad's an interesting one Steve and Bill touched on it before about the signings and the non-signings is We've got this core of a squad that will work for each other, that work for the staff, that work for the fans. And and you don't want somebody coming in at the last minute who's going to disrupt that group. And I think you, you make a very valid point in that. That young team and that young squad, well, Captain's young as well, and what a performance he put in. But they're going to have the odd bad performance. And what you hope, like you say, is that you don't get a day where three of them do that. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, then that's... In this this division, you're done. Even if it's against the bottom, one of the teams at the bottom, you, 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 the margins of error are very small indeed. Um, you remember back. A... You remember back in the in the in the after the, after the promotion season, uh, we had Lee Clark and we had Elliot and Watson. You know, almost mm. a, a backbone of, of of young Geordies in the team. And then Keegan went out and and, and picked up David Batty. And Batty come in, and yes, Batty strengthened the squad. But what we lost when Batty came was was Lee Clark from the team yeah. for stretches. And uh, Lee's enthusiasm, I'm sure, you know, he would have he would have been down and not getting not always getting picked. And how that rubbed off on other players. And you know, you see someone who you know is, is a bubbly character around around the squad, and then all of a sudden he's not getting a game, and he's sort of starting to whinge. Or not saying that Lee was doing that, but you know, if it had been me, I would have been because I would have felt you know paid off by it um, and, and then how that can react and I think you know, a lot of people point at the, to Aspria coming in the team and it cost us that um, because I personally didn't think it did I think what cost us the, the, the championship at that point was the, uh, the sudden build up of games that we had due to um, other yeah. clubs not being available and then we ended up we had to play on a on a, a Sunday a Wednesday and a Saturday or you know some, something like that it was you know we had three games Man United didn't we had we had to play catch up um, because of, of other clubs being involved in the in the cup, didn't they? Um, that's what did us uh, a couple of injuries and the build up of fixtures towards the end, and Les Ferdinand being off the boil um, in one of those particular games where we you know we we, we desperately needed a goal and it didn't come. 
Um, wasn't anything to do with Aspria, really. You know, it, it, you look right. at the games where Aspria won the games for us. You know. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about best was that when when he was here, uh, what games you know, you know we just weren't good enough. Really, I think we always go back to that time frame. But you know, there's a difference in the mindset. You know, my night we're used to winning. We were kind of hoping to win. It's a massive difference in football and. Well, it was think, that one, that Liverpool yeah. game, the Liverpool game, that you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, even if we'd got a point from that, it would have been a different, different complexion. And then I think, I'm sure Neil would agree with me on this one. When it came to that last game of the season, Neil, and we knew where where Manchester United were playing their game, and never knew who was managing mm. Middlesbrough at the time, and we knew yeah. it was a given. We knew that yeah. we knew that Robson's team was going to lie down and hand Ferguson the championship, uh, and they did. Um, and we didn't do ourselves any favours by, you know, I think we dropped the point, didn't we? So, you know, it, uh, but it 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 was it was only a matter of two games, and I'm still not one who hops on saying that we we lost those twelve points uh, that lead. I think you know Manchester United went on a fantastic run. Uh, so rather than rather than blaming us, I think it's very much a case of the the, the, the run that they went on. Um, at that particular time, you know. There's no other team could have done that run at that time, the mm-hmm. way they did. You had, and everybody talks about Cantona, what people often don't talk about is in the middle of those 1-0 Cantona's was the nil and Peter Schmeichel, mm-hmm. the different yes. team he had. Yeah. That game he had at St James's Park where he stopped everything from his nose to his to another red part of his anatomy and he, and he kept absolutely everything out and it was, it was, it, it, we could, Play that game another dozen times and get that result, and maybe mm. once more. And and there's a lot of factors to that, and it wasn't yet as you say, disruption of the squad is just a tiny, tiny, tiny part of that. And I don't think is the 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 biggest component. That you've got to look at other things, and also in the now now you can look back on it many years later with a calm head, and give big respect to Man United for the run that they went on. God, did I really just say that? You did, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm getting... <laughs> well, I'm going to bring in my next guest this evening. We'll, have, we'll talk about one player we haven't talked about yet. Uh, and uh, Lee, will, Lee, Lee Johnson will actually bring us nicely into that once he speaks into the microphone. Um, good evening, Lee. How are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? Speak into the microphone, Lee. Yeah, so and you know what he was like? It's not <laughs> Uh, well, we're going to f- speak closer with your with your hand I've on the me, phone. I've literally, got, I've literally now got my phone in my mouth. Good, okay. Excellent. All right, so the person that we haven't really talked about today um, when it comes to an unexpected debut was Jacob Murphy starting on uh, Sunday. He did okay. He seemed to bring a bit more zest to the team, which I thought uh, on the day it was a very, um, very polished Newcastle performance. Yeah, he did fine. He did, he did nothing wrong. He worked hard up and down, up and down the flank uh, for his first half. Kept it tight with them out. Um, did nothing wrong at all. He, wasn't, he, didn't, he didn't do anything in the creative sense. But you know, the lads learning, like a lot of the young lads, and um, I'm sure over time you'll get better and better. Um, but no, no, he was solid. He was solid. Did nothing wrong. I think um, the fact that I think people have been wondering what was going on with him, weren't they? Because I think I think uh, a lot of people were expecting to start straight away, didn't they? Really, but that, mm-hmm. that's the thing about um, Rafa Benitez. Even when you look at Jesus, Jesus hadn't really played a lot of games, and although you know he's, the fact that I think um, Steve mentioned when he ca- he came in, the first half was a bit a bit ropey, but then he got stronger 
uh, and he, he had obviously he's got no experience of being an older the elder statesman in there. But the fact that there's so much youth in there now, um, you know, it it just it's it's a, it seems like a nice blend. And obviously the, the the great thing is they're playing for each other. And I did love the end bit when just before the whistle went, and um, you could hear you could hear um, you could see uh, the man the, the captain uh, Jermaine Lascelles, um, you know, go go nuts uh, in his reaction, knowing he had won you know won the game. Because that was some um, some save he did at the end, and I was a bit worried actually that it would be classed as a penalty. What do we're you think, a, Lee? We're a, well, Andrew. We're a team. We're a team. We're not just a team. You're not just a team of the first eleven. Um, the, the squad. You know, we're the, the squad, and everyone's everyone's going to have a job, to, a role to play this season. We're not just a team on the field. We're a team off the field. The management, the staff, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So connected. If you've listened to Paco's interviews this week, it's been great. It's been great listening to him. I've never seen. I've never heard the guy, but he's great. He literally speaks like Benita. Exactly the same. Yeah, it's true. Or, um, <laughs> you know, it's been. I, I love listening to them. I love listening to them all speak. You can see they're very proud of what they're trying to do here. Mm. Um, and we, I, I, I've said time and time again, I do think this this group of footballers have been um, cruelly written off by some of the experts who keep referring them to as a championship group of footballers um, and I've said that I believe with the manager and his staff and how he has them well drilled that we'll actually surprise a few teams this season um, I just wish um, Mike Ashley would just be a little bit more productive, uh, productive and open those piercings up just because if we could get if we could get a couple of, couple of more players of, of a little bit more quality which obviously Rafa was out after with the same kind of attitude and mentality as these lads, I'd follow these lads off a cliff. That's how much I like these lads. You know, these the work hard. None of these, none of these are shrinking violets. None of them who even when Perez is struggling in the number ten role, he's still working hard. He's still grafting. You know, this is something to get behind. These this bunch of footballers is something to get behind. And as you said, Gomez Gomez didn't play at all last season. One down to injury, and obviously two down to dumbest form. Came in yesterday. He played for Atletico Madrid for a reason, Andrew. Yeah, you know he's a good player. He's a good pro. Yeah, I was. Actually, the one. I think I was. I shouldn't say I was surprised, but the interesting thing is going to happen now. And I'll ask you firstly, then we can go back to Neil and Steve. But um, Lejean obviously started uh, the season before he got kicked in the kicked out of the game by Harry Kane. But um, he looked very assured. But I think. The, the form that um, Lascelles has come into now, um, he, he he seems to he seems to step it up a little bit more now that he was out of the team, and uh, you know I think even though Lejean looks good, I, I can't see the fact that um, that you know Rafa will put him straight back in. Lee, what do you think? Well, Rafa, you know for a fact Andrew Rafa will change it if he sees fit. <laughs> mm. Um, you know, he'll use the he'll use the he'll use the term rotation, or um, you know, he's not he's not really dropping players. It's nice to have that problem, Andrew. Yeah. You know, we I think we're well we're well stocked for centre backs. Defensively, we've been okay. If Dunham was fit, you know, we've got and, and maybe and maybe based on the um, the bench yesterday, maybe we have been a little bit overcritical of the lack of depth in our squad. Our bench yesterday was outstanding, really mm-hmm. really outstanding. Um, in terms of the journey. You know, it's good to have that problem, Andrew. It's a great problem to have. I feel 
personally, I'm, I'm delighted for our captain. I'm a big fan of his. I have been since he hung, hung all them senior pros out there dry um, two years ago after Southampton. Um, and I do think he's backed up with performance, with performances. And, you know, I think his kind of spirit sums up the spirit within the club, certainly within the team and squad of players. You know, he, when he plays half a season pretty much with a, an issue with his hernia. And that's what you want from your captain. And I think he's took some unfair stick. I mean, I read a lot of stuff when um, he was when Rafa announced him cap, on captain on Twitter, like tagging a minute and things like that, saying not good enough, not this. And he's 22 year old. People mm. forget that. He's took on a massive responsibility at Castle United and he's there. He's there to be developed. He's clearly, he's clearly a lad who likes to learn. Mm. He, 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 he also is great to listen to. Great to listen to when he backs up with performances. So it's a, it's a lovely problem to have in terms of him and Lejeune. What do you think, Steve? Uh, with Lejeune, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, you can't really, well, you can't really rotate um, uh, Lejeune, especially with Stoke coming up. But what do you, what do you think on that? Because it's a nice conundrum, as Lee said. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'm always one for, you know, the player who's on form. Uh, playing well keeps the shirt. Mm. Uh, you know, I think there's a, there's an awful lot to be said for for having a squad. But when somebody comes on, they they grab that opportunity and they keep the opportunity until uh, form gets to the point where the, the manager decides that, uh, that he wants to take them out of the firing line. Or alternatively, you play in a particular team where the manager feels as though a change is necessary uh, because of a particular formation that the opposition plays. And I think that's a, that's a great uh, great thing for Raf to have at his disposal. Lascelles um, doesn't seem to be the sort of lad who uh, who, who falls into a sort of uh, a fit of depression just because he's been dropped. We've, mm-hmm. we've had it before where he hasn't, he hasn't been selected. He wasn't selected at the back end of the season when he was carrying an injury. Uh, once we were promoted, that was it, as, as Lee said. Um, I, I, I was personally not one of his one of his biggest fans. I, I'm, I'm perhaps not one of the one of his biggest critics, but I wasn't one of his biggest fans, simply because I felt as though towards the back end of last season some of his performances didn't warrant being in the team. Uh, but perhaps now that the lads fit, uh, and we'll start to see um, what he's really about, you know. Um, and he could be a, a fantastic asset for for the club for years to come because I. Re- here today that they're uh, they're talking about uh, extending his contract and giving him proof contract, which is uh, you know that's, that's that's great for him and it shows that the, the club have faith in him um, and the club respect how well he's done as a captain. Um, where would Le, where would Lejeune fit in? Lejeune is a bit of a utility player as well. Yes, he may prefer to play um, as a centre back. Rafa might suddenly decide, as he has tried in the past, to go three at the back. Um, did Chancellor Mbemba deserve to be dropped and not pick, be picked all last season um, on previous form? No, he didn't. But he didn't get a look in. But he, he stuck away and he chugged away and, and opportunities came his way at the start of this season. So, yeah. hey, as long as we've got a squad and, and there's available uh, players, great. Yeah. 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 Squad depth and competition is never, ever a bad thing. I'd rather have People championing it a bit to play, being prepared to take the chance when it comes along, be it through injury, loss of form, or, and I, and I wouldn't surprise me to see this, Rafa rotating to pick what he thinks is, um, what he thinks matches and what he thinks 
be the right matchup for a particular situation or a particular team to play against. That's not a that's not rocket science. That's just sort of working out. Um, you, that's Rafa will rotate on occasion, and he, he proved that last year, and he's going to keep doing it. I think that's why he wanted. People were questioning why he bought another winger and another winger and another winger. Well, because he's going to rotate them. Well, you he's heard one. He's, he's going to bring fresh legs in. He's going to swap left to right and right to left, and, and and keep the opposition guessing in that respect as well, and not just with from game to game, but within a game as well. The, the ability to change a game. Or even just bring fresh legs on as somebody, you know, as a fullback's getting getting tired. He spent half the game chasing, say, Matt Ritchie. And then all of a sudden a fresh Orlando Aarons comes on. What the hell's mm. going on here? You know, these are the kind of things, these are great problems to have. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you heard what, you heard what Stephen Gerrard said at the beginning of the season, Neil, uh, about him. He said, mm. you know, his attention to detail second and not. Nobody set the team up like Rafa Benitez, uh, in his opinion. He was the best yep. he worked with. Um, he'll he'll look at Stoke, and if he believes Lejeune is um, best equipped to deal with whatever threat Stoke brings, yep. he'll not be scared to make the change. There's no doubt about that. I think uh, the the one thing I was going to say about um, you know obviously the, when you when you looked at the penalty incident in the first half, um, mm. and I think uh, Andy Kerr pointed out that when the the when the Marino went down before he was pulled down, he was. His shoulder. He was pulled. He was pulled back um, before he went down, even because obviously the insinuation was that he dived. It was a great dive. I've got to tell you, but <laughs> it was great. But um, you know, I've looked. I haven't looked back there. But what did you think? Because it wasn't. It was only when Andy Kerr, hopefully my future boss and Neil's future boss in the future, um, um, mentioned it that he was pulled down by the arm. Well. Well, to be honest here, he could have done a triple somersault into a pool as far as I'm concerned. I literally love that kid. Oh my God, where the hell have we unearthed him from? I think people are a bit worried about the fact that yes, did you uh, that he, the 20, Mark, 20, you know, yeah, 20 games or something. I was tweeting Mark Douglas last night saying, Mark, can you tell us about this deal? I saw that. Yeah. Um, because, Andrew, this kid is quality, you can see it. You can mm. see it. He looks like he, you know, when, some, when a footballer hasn't got time, but they look like they've got 20 minutes of time. Oh. This is him. That's him. That's him. He is that, he is that controlled and that comfortable. He's strong. He's strong on the ball. He can win a tackle. He can pass. He's good in the air. And he's damn good looking as well. So he's got everything. He hasn't got two knackers left though after yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that the, the interesting thing, Steve, is that um, when you look at when you look, when you got the look at the, the spine of the team, um, I think this Saturday's game, Sunday, whenever it is Saturday, when we play Stoke, it's well, on the back of two wins. It's it's got one. It's, it has. You're looking at a very. I think it'd be a very open game, and it'll be. A, I think it'll be a treat to watch that game because they, they've got they've got players. Stoke have got some good players as well, but the fact that Man United had most of that game and they still couldn't put them down, but they. they Stoke looked to me that if you if you control the ball and you you know the way that Newcastle played against Swansea especially will 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 damage some teams and, and but that game has looks really looks like a really good game that should be a treat for the St James's Park. If we keep on foot, if we play like we did at West Ham, who everybody said would come here and, and turn us up because mm. we're a club in disarray. If we play against the West Ham, then I have no doubts that we can get a, a, a result 
against uh, Stoke. Stoke often don't travel very well up here. Uh, we've played them off the park many a time when they've come up. I think what we saw, what you have at Stoke when they play Manchester United is you have Stoke who raise their game. You have, you know, they turn the volume on that on that PS system up to 12, don't they, <laughs> when Manchester United come so that it sounds a lot louder than it is. Mm. Um, they're not going to have that at St. James's Park or Saturday. They're not going to have the run, of the run of the stadium. I think what, we, what we'll see is, uh, is Rafa putting a team out, a team that's full of confidence, a team that's, uh, that can hold their own, and, uh, and a team which, if we, if we play, like I say, as we did, uh, with pace, with power, um, with uh, with pushing them back, um, we can certainly we can certainly come away with three points on Saturday. I'm no no worries about that. Not today anyway. Maybe as the week goes on, I might change my mind. But at the moment, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting what Mr. Merson says uh, with his with his uh, forecast. I just hope he keeps on. I just hope he keeps on saying what he keeps on saying. <laughs> Oh, he's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he, Paul Yeah. <laughs> He's one of these guys that says he says exactly what he says, but I think when it comes to starting the team, if he if he doesn't think Wilfred Borney is ready to go, to show his eggs is eggs. Uh, Sanchez should have started the game, uh, but as he as he as people pointed out, you can have the best week in training, but if you don't go, if you play the game in front in the Premier League, if you don't come and play. You'll get found out by anybody. Paul, Paul Clements yeah. fell for the trap that Sky picked his team for him on Sunday. <laughs> That's what happened. He fell for it. He walked straight into it. With, he was blind to the fact that he had a player there who's, you know, just wasn't hacking it at all. Um, and and I, thought, I think the best comment, I don't know whether it was your comment, Lee, or whether it was somebody else's I read on Twitter that said uh, that uh, Sanchez is a player who's uh, going to be really good with a size four. He certainly can't play with a size five. <laughs> <laughs> but were you, did you not? Did you not feel like me when the two teams come up on the on the screen? I thought these aren't much. Yeah, our team's as good as theirs. And, the, and all they did, and all they did all week was build swans. You, I, I honestly, I, I honestly think that our group of footballers are being massively underestimated. My, very, very I, I agree. And that and was the feeling over here when a group of us gathered together. Uh, to watch and you know game, what it is, Neil, and you're throwing you throw under the hat that we actually have a manager who sets us up. Very. If someone made a point yesterday, do you know how many goals we've conceded this season with um, probably um, 11 men on the field? One. One goal in four. I'll tell you what they also did, Lee. They also, they also went hammer and tongs about Swansea City as a club. You know, as though Swansea City have been in the Premier League since its inception, <laughs> and then they built up, they built up a manager who had been sacked at Derby, yeah. right? And they built him his up, mind. yeah, who built him up. And the, the stat that I saw was that since he took the job, he had picked up more points in the Premier League since January when he got the job than Jose Mourinho had. 
So <laughs> bearing in mind how many how many nil nils wow. and draws did Manchester United have last mm, season under true. Mourinho, and they didn't they didn't say that he had he had got more than Orson Wenger or more than. Um, and Guardiola, you know, or more than Conte, <laughs> the the pick the pick that the suit from from January onwards, I think. And well, this is just what's going on here. The hype that they've built up around this man and about this football club, and then about what a fantastic deal it was to go and get Wilfred Bonny for twelve million <laughs> quid. How old is he sold now? Four year ago, yeah. exactly. Who they sold four year ago for thirty million quid? Who couldn't hack it at Stoke and couldn't hack it at Man City, and has come back for like on a meal ticket of of another big payoff in a transfer, you know? And and I was like, this is what a fantastic deal for them, you know? Such a state, you know, just unbelievable. He's probably he's probably still Christ he did. I mean would, mind you, the, the commentators they were desperate for him to come on and score the winner. Yeah. Oh yes, Christ. Yeah. Oh. It was continuous. I was like, Oh hey, Bonnie's warming up, oh here we're gonna get. Oh, he's coming on, he's coming on, he's coming on. Then when Les Fell scored I just thought, you listen to them, they're just out deflated. <laughs> yeah. I have oh. to say though, when you watch it in H D and you watch that header, it's a thing of beauty. There's a fabulous still of it that I think I retweeted today where Lascelles is about a foot above everybody else. Yeah. And it's a magnificent picture. It captures that moment beautifully. It's like Wynn yeah. Davis. It's, it's, it's all the best headers you've ever seen in one, one thing. I tell you what, I don't, I don't know who you guys who had commentating on the game, whether it was we shared commentators or whether we had different commentators over here. We had Andy Townsend whittering away. Oh, thank God. Um, co-commentator. Co-commentating. Um, oh, he was nearly suicidal. suicidal. <laughs> um, you know, he, he couldn't raise... He got more excited about Lascelles stumbling forward in the potential handball <laughs> than he did about the goal. <laughs> I mean, he was... He, he, honestly, he was morose. <laughs> I think that that's the thing, isn't it? That you, you, there, there are very few, um, you know, I suppose Newcastle linked or you know um, people from the northeast or you know in television that can give a you know a, re- a reasonable expectation of uh, telling telling you know telling the media the people that watch the show what 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 Newcastle Newcastle you know, the fans are all about. I think there's only one, Andy Kerr, and obviously in Qatar. Um, the interesting thing I found is like, obviously, I've, I've tried, I've, I've tried various means to get uh, Lindsay Hipgrove to come on the show, but I think the one thing I got surprised at when she said, um, "Oh, she's really looking forward to having meeting Michael Owen uh, as part of the Jeez, uh, part of the Christ. show," and I'm thinking, Lindsay, <laughs> you this did this you stop, guy, did you stop texting her at that point. Uh, yeah, I'd. Uh, you know, the thing is, like, you can only ask so many times, and you know, I'm very polite, and but obviously my politeness doesn't seem to have uh, worked with a certain ex Newcastle mm-hmm. Newcastle uh, commentator uh, in Mick Lowe's, and uh, I apologise ahead of time, Dean, but uh, Dean Weirs from Nova, but uh, we did try and get Mick Lowe's to come on the show tonight, and um, it just shows you the the power of Twitter. Um, I've, when I was in America. Um, I I think Newcastle 
uh, at that time, I think Alan Pardew was the manager. And I was in America, and I was very, you know, going mad about certain things. And and I and I Mick Lewis hasn't got a he hasn't got a Twitter handle. So every time I was mad about an interview that seemed to be leading like leading questions for the manager and not being asked certain questions, um, I tweeted it. So three years later, I've now got my own show with me and Neil, and obviously the guests, the guests that come on. So if you can imagine my <laughs> my shock, shock and horror, really, that um, I, I was advised, oh, this guy might want to come on. So I called him up, left a really nice message, all that good stuff. And uh, I was then told that this afternoon, or sorry, yesterday, that he had a problem with some of my tweets. Uh, that I sent three years ago. And I'm thinking, well, this could be a good guest. And, um, you know, I'm sure that Neil would be ready to ask a few questions too, as well as all, all my other guests and Lee and uh, Steve. So I got, I call, I never normally do this. I called him up uh, and I normally I like to be fresh and go in with the questions. And um, I never really have a, um, a setup where I can, you know, goad them or whatever. Uh, but I rang him up and I said, "Hello, you, you, you fancy coming on?" <laughs> and I, and I he told me, "I said, oh, well, he, he says uh, you live by the sword, you die by the sword." And I went to exactly. He says, "But the tweets that he sent three years ago, uh, I didn't like them, so I'm not, for sure I'm not coming on your show." And I must be. It's the first time I've actually, because I, I don't know this guy. I've never met him before, so never had a conversation with him until I phoned him up. But uh, probably the first time I felt really bad about myself, thinking, do you know what? The North East has given us so many things and um, we do so many th- great things for people, but the one thing you want to do is bring a Geordie voice on, talk about the team, talk about the area. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be good to have somebody that was, was part of that and is still part of that in certain events? And when, and when he told me, he says, you live by the sword, you die by the sword, I thought for one minute he said, but you know what, Andrew... Uh, let's start afresh. I didn't get any of that. I got the phone put down on me. And that's never <laughs> happened since. I've never had that, ever. So, especially when, you know, um, it comes to Newcastle, it, we've all got different views uh, on different things, but he's let himself Don't down. Worry. Don't worry about it. Andrew. Very different. To be fair, to, be fair <laughs> to everyone reacted to my Twitter account and wouldn't talk to me. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, and I just... Let's summon fans on a daily basis. Don't worry about it. And the thing is, like you know, you find out then. But is what like has anybody had deals with him in the past? Just give me a a sense of perspective, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, I know Nick. I know Nick. Yeah, he's he's all right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've spoken to him a few times on Major de Castle. I've seen him in. She's around the town, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's It'd be nice very, to get him very on. Knowledge, very knowledgeable. Nice yeah, I mean, going back, uh, you, you want to go back to the the the, 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 the sort of bias way, which brings mm-hmm. us back to what we spoke about very, very early on in the show, which was the the reaction that we've had to uh, to Richie's challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, and and I just I just throw something. You know, you, we we compare that challenge to the one by Marnie. I think that the first thing that struck in my mind, obviously, that apart from the fact that Marnie connected and, and Richie didn't, mm. was the fact with the Marnie one, the ball had actually bounced, and he and it was going away from him, and he knew he, even though the, the the camera might say that he had he hadn't no, uh, he's the ball, hadn't yeah. his, he had his eyes on the ball and not on the goalkeeper, he had to have his eyes, uh, you know, 
bit wider than than uh, in terms of his view when the ball bounced, and he knew the court gate was coming out, right. and he was prepared for for a clattering. Um, and it, let's face it, it was him or the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper would have taken <laughs> him out if he if he hadn't put his foot up there. The goalkeeper would have splattered him, and he would have been, you know, the, the goalkeeper would have been sent packing. But the ball bounced with that one, so it, it, the fact that the ball bounced and it carried on, whereas there was a genuine attempt for that for to cut that pass out uh, as it as it came through to get there before the Swansea defender, and he caught him. Mm-hmm. In both um, occasions, the foot was in the air. Um, you know, he's got, he's got previous for this, you know. Marnie's got previous for this. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what it is? I'm still massively on the fence on it, but like I have to I, I thought, I, honestly, if, I, if that was my centre forward, he's literally a split second away from touching it past the goalkeeper and the keeper wiping him out and the keeper being sent off. That's exactly, that's what it, I mean. It's literally small margins. And, and I, I, I honestly, if that was my centre forward going for the ball, I would want my centre forward to go for that ball because you are literally two, you're a millimetre away. But could the goalkeeper have not come out and punched it? No, it was, out no, the box. It was outside the box. He would have been sent off. Yeah, but he would be—he would have been knocked out of the game, though, wouldn't he? Well, he, he went there uh, trying because it was Manchester City goalkeeper. He thinks he can—he can play like a sweeper, doesn't he? Because that's, <laughs> where Guad, yeah. that's why Guardiola has picked him in the first place. The goalkeeper mm. did everything right, apart from the fact that he lowered his head. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, again, exactly. it's because the ball yeah. had bounced and the pace was gone, yeah. and he, he lowered his head slightly just to, just at the wrong time. Um, I can understand the sudden off. I'm, honestly, I'm still massively on the fence on it because I, I, yeah, I listen to Shearer, I listen to Shearer, Lineker, and Wright, and them three out centre forwards were, were seeing pretty much the same. You know, he literally, if that's me, I'm going for that ball. I'm trying to score. I'm trying to literally touch it past the goalkeeper. I'm getting wiped yep. out if I get it. Well, exactly. So, again, similarly though, then you've got I've got the listen at full time. To Rich, what who did we have yesterday? Oh, we had Richard Keyes, Keyes, we had Richard Keyes and Andy Gray, and we had Peter Andy. Reed, and and Jason McAteer. Jesus oh, Christ. right, yeah. yeah, and we had them. Um, the only one that talked any sense yesterday, Peter Reed. Hi, he is good. Peter Reed really did talk a lot of sense about it all, and he and he was he was saying to them, "What the hell are you talking about?" The ball's there to be gone for. Mm. He's gone for the ball. And, and he was trying to compare the two because they were trying to say that Richie should be investigated and they were trying to say that <laughs> Mourinho, Mourinho should be investigated for diving until Reed oh popped up with the fact that he's obviously read the rules and the others haven't. And they said, <laughs> well, it didn't lead to a penalty or a free kick, so they can't investigate it. So what are you mm-hmm. talking about? And you, you, you'd see the, you know, the sheer look of, oh, we should have read the new rule book. Um, it was it was fascinating to listen to another trail by TV for two of our mm. players. Richard yeah. Keyes would have been Richard Keyes would have been grooming someone on social media, man. Don't worry about that. He wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have had the rules. He's a prop. He was the guy's a gurning away. McAteer was just talking nonsense, mm. constantly, constantly. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? We've got this, there's so many there's so many ex players who just seem to be gunning for Newcastle. And what's, what's, there's something going on, and the only person that can, probably in your area, is going to be Andy Kerr, um, and I can't think of anybody else in that area who can actually sit there and actually, you know, 
bring them to book. I'd love to get Peter. I must be. I'd I love to get Peter Reed on here. I'd love to. If anybody knows him, let me know. Be brilliant to get him. Would definitely, definitely pull them, pull them to task as well. Because I think he had his little moment in the sun with Leicester with them, and then he's he's he's. He's getting sniped at on a weekly basis by the looks of things at the minute. But anyway, um, i tell you something else that come out of yesterday. They briefly talked about our dear friends down the road. Um, and, I feel uh, bad they for asked, me, mate. They asked, they asked Peter Reid <laughs> if, if you could go into that, that um, dressing Just room, room now and uh, we could say we could give you... I think they said we're, we're going to give you double the budget that Grayson had for players. Would you take the job? And do you know what his answer was? Yes. No. Oh, no. No. Didn't no. Well, well how, Neil, to be fair, if you, well, based on social media, when they beat Norwich uh, three weeks ago, you thought, you thought the whole we were going to win the league. Yeah. And I was reading a lot of rubbish when they beat Norwich, and they weren't beating up the Norwich. They, obviously, they didn't lose them in their first three, well, and I read a lot of rubbish, but a lot of the rubbish I was reading was because of our form. We were talking yesterday to one of our friendly Mackams out here, who we're, we've had a bit of a bit of good crap with over the last few years, to be fair. Um, and he come up with a valid point, and he said, "We we look like you did a few years ago." And I said, "What do you mean? We, you look like we did?" He says, "We're the most vulnerable when we've got a free kick, a corner, or a throw in of our own." And if yeah. you look at the goals they conceded, both came from their free kicks. It's wonderful, isn't it? Ten, ten seconds later, <laughs> it's in the back of the net. And I, and I totally got it. When, I, when he showed us it on his phone, I'm like, bloody hell. You know, that's, that's two movements in 20 seconds. You get 2 nil down. What, what the hell? <laughs> where where are they all? Where have they all gone? Where have uh, all the Sunderland's gone? I mean, we're back to Gibraltar. Not, you mean Keith? Come as, <laughs> no, no, I mean... Come was a pick seat there. Well, they tried to tell it. They tried to say there was 29,000 there on Saturday. No chance. Of, there, there, there was no, no way there was... 29,000 there. Fairly scraped 22, 23 in that ground on Saturday. It, had no. 20, it said it was 29,000. It's a ground that holds 48. We were told that the regular were getting 38 to 40 to 42. Um, where, where have they all gone? Why aren't why aren't they getting behind their club? I know no that times are hard and times are difficult, but because apparently because apparently protesting is mag like behaviour, and they don't do that. <laughs> they just don't turn up. <laughs> mag like behaviour, and we don't do that. I've seen some guy tweeting a rock reporter saying, "You sound like the yeah, mag." That's the kind of thing the mag... Mag-like behaviour. Protests, equine boxing. I mean, what else? Jesus, mag-like behaviour. Mag-like <laughs> behaviour, right. Just because some of us have um, took a stand at different times. Not everybody, but it's apparent mag-like behaviour because we want the best for our football club. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got behind our team, yeah, We got relegated and we had 52,000 in the ground Every on the week. last game of the yeah. season and he then went through and we ended up with higher attendances in the championship and we and we lost <laughs> Steve, what we did, that, that game you're talking about Steve that mag like behaviour made Rafa Benitez stay yeah. exactly yeah. exactly mag like behaviour <laughs> let's get to Sunderland it's, I think when it comes to <laughs> please do <laughs> I think this, I am I am kind of surprised because I, I thought well yeah they've, they've still got a lot of players 
have they brought you know had from the Premier League and they they've got rid of a couple obviously but they brought some in you do expect them to do a bit more don't you it's like um you know, I don't know where they're, they're 20th in the league, right? I believe, aren't they? But um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so then it's not it's not a good start at all, is it? But oh, the fact yeah. that you wouldn't have thought that three weeks ago. Yeah, it's, I think um, you know you, the the guy they brought in is the type of person that is you know he'll do what exactly what on the tin. But I think the, the trouble with Sunderland, there's no the, the team's not built. Um, to have a pop like Newcastle did to win the whole, to win the whole shebang, so I think this season is always going to be um, just to get survival, the, survival. yeah, survival, They'll and then go again, survive. yeah, and then the, uh, then obviously Andrew. bring in players again. Cause that's what the point some is. Some of the Sun fans, some of the Sun, the Sun fans were scoffing last season. Some of my mates when we signed Daryl Murphy, and I was just pointing out to them at the time I couldn't see a great deal because they were in the Premier League. And I was just pointing out to them. You do realise the league we're in, and you do realise he scored over 50 goals in three seasons in the Championship, and he was brought in for that particular reason. Um, mm-hmm. And then they get relegated and go and sign Burry's James Vaughan. So, so, you know, that was my... And Callum Manaman. Wait, well, there you go. There you go. Because <laughs> you, you know, can't hit the lad anymore. You know, yeah. you, and it's right. And, and, and Simon, Grayson, Simon Grayson was never going to put bums on seats. Um... I think he's just he's a water carrier, really, and there's mm. a lot of problems behind the scenes. That you know, it breaks my heart to see what's going on down there. I can't um, think fighting amongst themselves in the stands. In the they were apparently, yeah. Well, and the, the, the threw a, someone threw a bottle on the pitch and hit one of the Sheffield yeah. <laughs> United players on the heat. They scored the two goals. So I have literally zero sympathy for them, and um, just a. In terms of how I am with them, this this will give you a good idea. Yesterday, my phone went, and, it, and I just seen Dad mobile, and he's a, he's on holiday at the minute. And the first thing he said was yesterday morning was, "Hello, son. I heard there's trouble in paradise still." <laughs> <laughs> and he was talking about that. <laughs> I think uh, that I think with with son of the, I think you go back to their own glory days when when they had Reed and you know they had Allardyce. Um, is you know the, the the thing is it's still a team that yes they're they're going through bad times but you still you still expect more you know even though we 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 have fun of them on their behalf but but like you worse still ex- times <laughs> more as in you expect even worse well I do I do expect more I you I do expect more <laughs> goals more more umph and then there's the fact Why? that well I've signed have signed worries James Vaughan why do you expect more goals <laughs> Well, the thing is that they've, they've definitely set out their own stall to basically do nothing. When you look at the players they've got, Andrew, it's like... Andrew, Andrew, they were blinded. They were blinded by six in a row. This relegation <laughs> has been in the post for the last five years. They ignored everything that was going on right in front of their eyes because they were beating a tin pot, a tin pot Newcastle team every, every other season which was absolutely on a downward spiral because the owner and his moronic decision. There's a reason why Mike Ashley is so probably in Sunderland because... He, there's always that thought in the back of our my mind that if Mike Ashley, you know, behaves in a certain manner, we could end up with a Simon Grayson. Yeah, you know, we, true. We, yeah. You know, so I, that's always in the back of my mind. But if Mike Ashley behaves in the right manner and tries to take Newcastle forward, Sunderland will not see us for like years. There'll be nowhere near us. And that's just, in, in my, my personal opinion, that's the case. And Sunderland fans and the club 
maybe the owner, they ignored what was going on right in front of their eyes because of beating your castle six times in a row. Simple as that. Mm. There could have been a fire going off, but as long as we're beating your castle. <laughs> well, the fire, definitely, the fire has definitely gone off now, hasn't it? My goodness. 20th, uh, 20th and, you know, they, you, can't, you can't see them scoring goals and... Um, you know, the, if the fans won't even come on the show, like that's the thing is that normally Gary, I was going to bring Gary on tape, but he's got um, commitments tonight, so he's probably back on next week. But uh, I did ask Keith, and I, if you're listening, Keith, you bottler, but like um, he, you know, <laughs> so it's it's interesting that um, you know, if, as a as a as a non-fan and a neutral on on Sunday, you know, you, you you've got to think well, eventually something will happen. It's either going to go one way or it's going to go the other. And um, I think the way things are going right now, the, you know, they could do a Leeds, couldn't they? And go down the leagues further further down. And if they don't, if they don't um, yeah, sell the club, a, that, that's, that's probably a, not going to happen either. That's a dreadful thought, that man. Dreadful thought. Um, I'm really concerned for them, mate. Hey, somebody's got to be. Poor, well, financi- well, financially, they're short anyway, aren't they? So, you know, they're, they're already, well, they don't get money down, to, till next season. But, yeah, but they they're already yeah. down among the dead men just with the, the amount of debt that the club's carrying. Mm. They'll reach a point where they can't do anything, where no. financially there's nothing coming in through the turnstiles because they're, they're not turning up anymore. Mm. They're not generating the TV money because, let's face it, Sky aren't going to put them on on the AFL games uh, because yeah. their, their performances will be so shocking. It's not, you know, they're, they're, they're nothing to like watch. When the they don't like, exactly, they don't like an empty ground. You know, exactly. So there's that, that's another big problem for them. So they're not going to get the amount of money that Newcastle got last season, which wasn't that much. You know, no. let's be let's be fair, but it was still in the millions. You know, it was still in the high sort of uh, lower millions, sort of you know, like seven, eight, nine million, something like that, which would be which would be big money for the likes of Sunderland at the moment. But then, as you say, they're not they're not <coughs> box office viewing. Um, the only the only games that they've had on is because really because of history and the opposition or you know Leeds United or whatever. Um, so they snookered that way. They snookered financially in terms of the manager um, not having the players to sign. They snookered because of who they have signed. They've got players still left on big money, the likes of Rodwell, for example. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and and. The, and if the if the fans aren't turning up, they've lost interest in that club. What Which, what makes them think that they're going to have other than the fact that he owns it? What makes them think that that the, that the owner is going to show some loyalty by pumping more money into them? Steve, I think that's 198 million pound in debt or something, aren't they? You know. Steve, did you go to Leeds last season? Did you go to Leeds away? No. Uh, I, I, I went to Leeds away last season, and obviously I haven't been to Leeds away since well. Well, they got relegated for the Premier League, well, 2002, 2003. Yeah. And one thing I noticed um, visibly when I got to Ellen Road was how run down it was outside and inside. Yeah, yeah. Basically, no money. Clearly, nope. they've had no money to do anything. And that's a, that's a massive problem someone might have. Well, they haven't, they haven't even, they haven't even re- weeded the pavements, have they, you know? Well, I'm going to bring in uh, John, who's obviously he's on weekly. He was at the match yesterday in Swansea. Good evening, John. Good evening, Andrew. Good evening, lads. You good? Evening, John. All right, John. How are we doing? Very good good stuff, good stuff. So you were at the match yesterday, and, and I believe that you parked two minutes from the ground. How did that go? Well... Barbara was, I mean, um, basically, uh, someone, uh, is it okay if I could park the car here? 
like she was a bit hesitant saying that oh they've got parking <laughs> people around they have sort of things not giving tickets and I goes yeah right so I thought hang on a minute I parked next to this van this is an all spirits van which is like a rugby team um, van so I thought you know what I'm just going to leave it there because everyone else seen targets. So I thought, what a laugh. So I just thought, it's time to go there. Thanks very much indeed. How are you? Just get to the Harvest Stars sort of thing. Went in for the class of Diane Crook and uh, met these three Welsh people there. Lots of Swansea fans and Newcastle fans right in. And they were absolutely brilliant. I had an on Facebook and um, I even got an invite to watch boxing next week. Um, Glock oh, really? versus Ken um, Alvarez. So... I'm thinking about that, so it's in a good, a great day. And what's 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 it like? Uh, what's the obviously I've never been to Swansea, so is it is it very much like a compared to Newcastle? Would you say it's a very much a Premiership? Uh, you know, obviously it's a Premiership team, but the, the, when you go in there, is everything does it come across that it's a Premiership club? Well, of course, oh, Andrew's a Premiership. Let me finish your thing. question before you jump in, Lee. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Swansea, you can see. If you haven't been to Swansea before for a night route, so I think so I used to go to Swansea um, for a night route um, probably once every month sort of thing. And the city is absolutely bouncy. I'll put Swansea yeah. above Cardiff, to be honest with you. It's just an absolute bouncy city. The people are friendly. You know, you guarantee a laugh. And um, clubs are great. And I've been there for a long time, since about 12 years ago. And... You know, but um, it comes across like a rugby town as well because mm-hmm. they got obviously got a rugby club called Ospreys as well. So, I mean, Swansea is an upmarket city, as far as, as in my eyes, and it's just a lovely city. Isn't it? And I advise people who've never been to Swansea before give it a chance, and there's just things to do there. It's, it's a and it's got a place called Goa and a place called um, uh, what's is um, another beachy place as well. They got Goa there and. Um, and it's just lovely, absolutely spot on. You, well, you, you must have been, uh, I think uh, Lee mentioned it earlier, that uh, the bench looked very strong. Uh, when you saw the, when you saw the, the, team, the team news, uh, what was your reaction when you saw it? Because it uh, surprised a few, a few people, but what did, you, what did you think when you saw it? I was surprised when um, Gamers um, was in the squad and... Um, also, so I heard, and we know he's got to be in the mm. team anyway, sort of thing, and hustle up front. I mean, Jake and Murphy needed um, to see what it's like. He needed games as well. But I was um, a little bit surprised. But um, talking about the bench, is very, very strong. I think um, we've got a strong bench there, which is fantastic. But, I mean, you've got to give Jake and Murphy a go and see what he's like, sort of thing, you know. Mm. But for me, I mean, he had, um, he had a good chance, like, when he tried to flip ball over the top of the first half and uh, never came off. But... You can't judge him after one game because, um, you know, he's been thrown. It's like he's been thrown in the deep end, to be honest with you. He can't good, but he needs to run the games. And I'm not going to slay him because he's young and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's, he needs to run the games before he can come better. So if I, if I can judge him properly. But um, I thought Gomez was fantastic yesterday in my eyes. I mean, he's an 8 out of 10 yesterday because he came in. A lot of fans have given a lot of stick, right? Thinking that, oh, no, he's not going to make it. He's going to make mistakes and that. But I thought he played really well. I thought that berth, left that berth should be his until Dubbuck gets back. Yeah, you can definitely, I think, um, I think people, everybody just, I think Neil, then Lee, then Steve, but uh, the, the, you just want some, you want competition in that position. You want somebody that can give Paul a run for his money. And uh, obviously that's the beauty of the team, but we've never really had that before, have we, Neil? 
it's the one uh, position we don't really have thorough competition at as left back. But there isn't. There's only one left back at the club, and even then, some would say he's a converted centre back. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think this is this is this is the 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 essence of the problem, and and I don't don't know why it hasn't worked out with Lazar, but obviously he's come into the club, and Benitez doesn't fancy him after getting him around the club and shipped him back out again. So I don't know what's gone on there. Um, and that was really where only competition for him last season. Haidara, he doesn't fancy. Um, he's gone, isn't he? Is he still there? Or is he gone? No, he's still there. No, he's still there. He not move because of his wages, mate. Um, and, and, and is injury prone as well. So he, he, there isn't really competition for a fit Paul Dummett. He, he's a slot in at left fullback. If he's fit, he'll play. I think there's no doubt about that. Um, so it would be good to see Gamaz carve a niche out for himself to say, right, I've got the shirt, I'm in the team, take a position back. That would do everybody some good, including Paul Dummett. So it's frustrating because this is what we should have addressed in not just the last transfer window, but probably the previous two. Mm. Yeah, just pretty pretty much what Neil said. Uh, It's it's been a problematic position for us, I suppose, over the last five or six years. A position that's never really Mm. been addressed again, which would sub up the kind of Aston era and run another football club. Um, But, um, you know, Gamet played fast lately with Madrid for a reason, Andrew. He was playing in the Champions League and things like that. So Mm. he was always going to be a quality player. Um, just last season worked against him, done his form, and he was and he was injured a lot. So it's nice to have that little bit of competition because he was outstanding yesterday. He was outstanding yesterday, and it'll get it, you want competition for places. So when Dummett comes back, it'll make Dummett tr- raise his game. So it can't be a bad thing. Steve, quickly. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. I'm just reading a little article here online about one of our other ex-players, and I think the lads will find this quite amusing. Uh, Niall Ray and Jack Hall play at uh, South End uh, at their game on Tuesday night uh, because it kicks off at uh, 19.45, so quarter eight kick-off. He's on a curfew, on a curfew from 7pm to 7am. So, uh, I'm just reading that uh, apparently Phil Brown has had to get in touch with, uh, rather than the rest of his coaching staff, he's had to get in touch with the local governor of the local prison to uh, ask for advice on what formation to play. Steve, that's uh, what the Summon fans uh, might use tomorrow night when they go to the Nottingham Forest when there's no one there. I might say they've all got curfews as well. Yeah, they're uh, they they all on curfew. <laughs> <laughs> is that live on TV, is it? Is it live on no, TV? No, Thank no. you. No. Why the hell would you put that on the television? Well, I just said, man, yeah. on there, man. I'd rather, wa- I'd rather watch two episodes of East End than watch- expect it to be on there. <laughs> I'll be watching my second team on BE Sports tomorrow in the Champions League. Celtic, yes, we all know you love Celtic. So the thing yeah. is, what, who, you, you obviously saw the the incidents with uh, uh, Marino. Um, when you when you saw him going down, did you think it was a definite penalty? Well, then then we watched it back, of course. But uh, I've been mentioning it all night that Andy Kerr says he was being he, he was pulled down by his arm. That's why he went down the way he did. Speaking to the microphone, John. <laughs> Sorry, can you hear us now? Can you hear us now? Yeah. Sorry. But I was right behind the goal when it happened, sort of thing, right? And I was, uh, I 
pretty close to it. My first reaction was it was a it was a definite penalty. And when I look back on it again at half time on Twitter sort of thing, he actually dived. And um he does need to do that. I mean to create he's technically brilliant and he's gonna get better and better. But skillful players, class players like him, doesn't need to do things like that. Because I don't think you'll get banned for it because you didn't gain a banish, you didn't give a penalty you had to give a penalty. Right, or give a free kick, whatever. He could have got a ban for that because he'd given an advantage. But mm. I heard people saying that, oh, he's going to get a ban for this, he's going to get a ban for that. You know, but I well, don't think game, he's going to get banned. Again, John, I'll tell you something again that this come out on the, on the coverage over here. The mm. suggestion was, and this is the analogy that was used, remember when you were at school and you walked down the corridor and you clack somebody's ankles together and they go down? Mm. Well, when you're, when you're running full tilt, if somebody gives your arm a little tug, you can go down. Now, he exaggerated it, yes. Yeah, he did. But if you look, if you look there's a little, there is just the slightest of touch, and there is contact. And now the question then came, how much did that influence his decision and where, what, what's going on there? And, and at least there was a little bit of sense brought into it once they'd all calmed themselves down because Peter Reid had read the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, about whether what how a retrospective ban works in that situation. You're right though. If it's something that's in his game and is in his nature, he needs mm-hmm. to remove it. Needs to remove. He it needs to remove it quickly, especially when it's two even two games. If they're going to get you on two games, that's a, they should be they should definitely you know be told quite strongly. But that's the daft thing is he was in he was actually in he done them in, done in them goal, yeah. He'd actually yeah. done them both. But mm-hmm. I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna hold it against the lad. Currently I'd kick our last straight out of bed if he walked in our house. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> I never understand oh, this analogy God. with sex in Newcastle. Jesus Christ. It's a football team, it's all right, but not a bloody sex life. I'm really you? not seeing the kid, man. <laughs> he can play it as well. Doesn't matter what he looks like, yeah, it never yeah, never crosses his mind. I tell you one thing though. Anyway, lads, give me John. Give me a. I think I think Saturday is going to be a tremendous game for every. As a, well, not for the neutral, but I think it's it'll it'll be. I think it'll be a, such an open game against Stoke. Um, you're looking. It's either going to be a, a great victory, a really easy victory, or it'll be a, a hammer and tongs with each other. Because let's be honest, a couple of times Stoke have come to Newcastle. Yeah, the only uh, remember we beat them really badly last time, but uh, that was after they had a man sent off and they had nine sent another man sent off. But mm. I, I think Stoke will be a really tough proposition. Just looking at their, just look <coughs> at the way their team, the, the way that he's brought, you know, the players he's brought in. Um, they definitely look like. I actually thought they'd be, they wouldn't be as um, strong after losing an, an Outovic. Because he's the type of player that can score about 15 goals a season for them, mm-hmm. so I think it'll be an interesting one. But what, 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 what's, give me your analogy for um, Saturday, John. Right, I, like you said, it's going to be very tough. I mean, Stoke. Um, I know I didn't use the last Stoke for now, Tulis there, because I'm um, just played a hoof bar all the time. But since Martinez has come in, he's changed uh, philosophy. He's changed the way their style of play, and I think. You know, they're playing a lot better football. It's going to be tough for us on Saturday, man, because they have got four or five players that play in the Champions League. And mm. and um, it's going to be tough. They can score goals and that, right? But I think I think we've got to be up for it as well because on the high at the minute, and we're winning one of the last two games, we've just got to keep momentum going. And if we do that on Saturday, I could see us winning. I could see us just about winning this game, but only just. 
I was going to say that, that uh, give me a you think it was, you don't need okay you said you're going to win it uh, Lee, I'm going to say 2-1 Two one. Uh, Lee, obviously your yeah. Aka is probably going to be out in force, especially with Joselu being probably could be a good bet his first goal scorer against um, his team. This is a great, this is a great game for us. It's a great game for us. The, the, the place should be really, really bouncing. Mm-hmm. To be honest, work's going to drag like massively this week. I'm already, I'm already desperate to get there. It's just <laughs> look, we've won two games on the belt. The place should be full of beans. These lads deserve backing. It doesn't matter if someone's not if struggling, like Hayden said yesterday, another lad can fill in for him. These lads deserve backing. Um, the stand should be absolutely um, boisterous on um, Saturday, and it's a great game. It's a great game. It's one of the games where you could target points this season. We'll look at games uh, like yesterday, and I thought we can get something. Stokes, it's Stoke at home. We certainly should be targeting points. Rafa Benitez is going to be back in, the, um, back in yeah. the dugout. And why not? Why not? If we're tight, we're compact, we'll work hard. Why not? We can we, we can certainly beat Stoke at home. Steve? I agree. I definitely think we can beat Stoke at home. I'll go for 3-1. I think what's going to be interesting, what, I, what I'm delighted about, just to finish off, is the fact that on Thursday the, uh, the club is running up a lot of the press uh, interviews from the uh, West End Food Bank just to help promote that, which is a fantastic gesture. Um, so I think I believe that they're going to be doing a little little uh, roundup with Isaac Hayden, and uh, oh, and that's that's absolutely fantastic. That shows the community spirit that we've got and how well the, the football club is blended in with that. Um, it's it's interesting. We've got uh, we, we could be in a situation today uh, by the close of play today where. Uh, Crystal Palace actually go bottom. They could, have, mm. they could announce their new manager and they could immediately <laughs> take them to the bottom of the league simply by West Ham picking up a point, which would be quite funny. I'd like to think that uh, West Ham pick up three simply because Andy Carroll's back in. Mm. And I know that uh, Andy Carroll, he's a big fan of Andy Carroll and would love to have seen him in a black and white shirt in Newcastle oh, this Carl. season. Still <laughs> time, still time. Uh, still there. Um, but no, it, uh, it, it, it's it's uh, as I say, I'm going for 3-1, um, and the momentum keeping us going. And uh, hey, we're, we're playing a team who's lower than we're in the league. Imagine that. Yeah, true. Neil, you have the final chat. Momentum, yes, your key. Um, yep. The discussion around the bar on uh, yesterday was simple. Um, we win this game. We're going to win the next game. Mm-hmm. And it's about momentum. It gives them confidence, momentum, and it's a good fixture. It is a good fixture for what to come into. Um, and, and I can see we win maybe even by a couple of goals. Good stuff. Well, next week's guest is going to be Matthew Patterson, who used to play for Newcastle. He's a friend of the show. He'll be back on next next Monday as the main guest. So we can have a, a good old chat um, on how, what, how, how things are going with him and obviously on Newcastle a little bit of Sunderland and take it from there. But thanks very much, gentlemen, for coming on this evening. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you all next week. That's been Two Talk Radio with nobody, uh, no Northeast journalist in sight, uh, which we tried to get on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you about that one later, Steve. All the best, lads. Two Dolby. Cheers, now. Thanks, man. Cheers, now. Please.
And that's been Toon Talk Radio with Andrew Davis.